This scripture reading and the following address are part of the YouTube streamed worship video by St Paul's Lutheran Church, Box Hill, Victoria, Australia, on February 6, 2022. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au. The Gospel according to Luke chapter 5. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signalled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. And when they had brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. In my um, address time this morning, we're going to pick up on various parts of all of our readings today, but especially that uh, those last words um, where Jesus says, don't be afraid, from now on you'll be catching people. I don't know if that's revealing to you, maybe you've heard this reading before, but we're in the season of epiphany, aren't we? It's a season where God does a lot of revealing, new things come to light. And I've got something to show you, which is very, very new. Uh, and um, you see, there's been this very strange character from time to time that turns up um, around the place. And I've found this person, um, well, I don't know what they were doing, but they were at the manse and I managed to get them on camera. So uh, we're going to see now this amazing revelation that I caught on film. We have, it's coming, yes. Be not afraid, congregant. It is merely I, Bible man. Yes, Bible man, defender of decent doctrine, giver of God's good news, revealer of great revelation, and all-round good guy. Yes, I'm ready to follow Jesus and become a fisher of people at a single bound. But now it's back to that mild-mannered, meagre minister. But for me, Bible man, it's yoinks. And away! 
is that masked marauder? What is going on there? Well, what do you think? I mean, do we need a cape and a good-looking superhero when it comes to being a witness to Jesus in our lives? Is that what it takes to be a sharer of God's good news in my life, in your life, in our life together? I guess it would be handy to have some of those amazing superpowers and a big, deep voice. But is that what it takes? Do we sometimes think in our lives that I need to be a super disciple to be able to share Jesus in my life? Well, as we hear God's word for us today, we'll, um, what does God say to us? What does God say to you and me? People who are called to follow Jesus, to be witnesses in our lives. Let's pray, shall we? Loving God, as we dwell in your word again this day, we thank you for the word of life. Send your spirit so that we may receive your life for us, your amazing gifts, and that we might also hear your call and follow as Jesus calls us. In his name we pray. Amen. So in each of our readings today, I think, you will find elements about God's call for all of us to share God's grace in our lives. In each of the readings, we'll find people who have been commissioned by God to do his stuff, to do his work, to catch, to go fishing for people. And they might seem like amazing people called to do amazing work to us when we read about it in the scriptures. And we sometimes might hear that and think, well, surely I couldn't, I couldn't do that, could I? You know, I can't be an Isaiah or a Paul or a Simon Peter, could I? Maybe we even put these disciples into that sort of super disciple category as, I mean, they're in the Bible, aren't they? So they must be a bit special. But, you know, I think as we listen and as we listen in closely and carefully to them and their encounters with a loving God, our loving God, we'll see and hear that their stories and their lives are not so different from the journeys that we make in our life and the callings indeed that we have. Let's just spend a little bit of time dwelling in the word. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul tells a story. It's the gospel story that we know, don't we? The gospel story that he himself has received and through which he is miraculously saved. The one and only message through which we're all saved by the power of the Spirit. And as he tells the story, he includes his own story in it. He is, in fact, the least of the apostles, he says. He, in fact, he deserves not to be an apostle at all because of his persecution of the church. But by the grace of God, he says, and I love this phrase, and we know it, I guess, by the grace of God, I am who I am. I am what I am. A man who recognises my sin, in my case, and recognises the amazing grace of God in my life too. In our Old Testament reading, Isaiah, the prophet is called by God and he has this amazing vision in the temple, doesn't he? Of the majesty of God on the throne. God on his throne. The Lord is attended by the angelic seraphs who sing and whose voices shake the foundations of the temple. This is amazing stuff. What a sight, what a sound. What an experience of awesome power 
of God. And in the presence of God, Isaiah 2 cries out, Woe to me, I'm, I'm a person of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Again, in the presence of God, we find a human, not a superhero, but a fragile, vulnerable person just like me, and maybe just like you and like all of us, who comes face to face with who he is, a sinner. Someone who doesn't fit in the place of this holy and almighty God. Woe to me, he says. But what happens? God comes to him through this angelic seraph, to this mere mortal, and touches his lips with the coal from the altar. And we hear, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. The mere mortal, no, the sinful mortal, recognises his hopelessness in this situation, but is filled again with the grace of God. You know, that's the journey we make every Sunday too, isn't it? Or most many Sundays as we come to church. We come to this church and we're met by the same God. I don't know if the, if the foundations shake every time you come to worship, but we are too also people of unclean lips because of sin. We sometimes say I'm sinful and unclean, just like Isaiah, don't we? We confess. And we're out of place in the presence of this God because of that. But at the table especially, you know, in the word that the, um, we hear in our ears, and especially as we'll come in a moment to gather at the Lord's table, God will come and touch our lips. God will come and touch our lips with himself, with the body and blood of God on our lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. No ifs, buts or maybes. Grace par excellence today, you and me. And so the pattern is repeated. As God, as Jesus comes to Simon Peter then and his mates in the boats. Again, the power of God is made evident as Jesus orders those fisher people to put down the same nets which have caught nothing all night. When they put the nets down, they catch such a large number of fish that their nets begin to break and the boats begin to sink. The great superhero, he's not, Simon Peter, falls to his knees Go away from me, Lord, because I'm a sinful person. Does that sound familiar in the readings that we've heard? Not the response of a superhero, is it? But of a person like me and you, a sinner. And God comes and re reveals himself to people, sinful people, ordinary people, real people, sinners, us all. We can't make any other reply ourselves. Go away from me, Lord, because I'm a sinner. But God comes to reveal himself to us and his amazing grace and call. Listen again. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because I'm here for you. I'm the God of mercy and grace and forgiveness and life. That's what Paul and Isaiah and Simon Peter received. But there's more. God then calls these unclean, sinful people to be holy people, just like God himself. 
and to go into the world as his messengers to bring that same mercy, that same grace, that same forgiveness, that same life to other perhaps ordinary people, or maybe extraordinary people too, people making their way in life like you and me. You know, some people are called and given a very special gift to be evangelists. And Pastor Nathan and I have been discussing this and what that means for us at St Paul's, and um, we're looking forward to some things for the year ahead in that space. But we're not all evangelists, nor do we need to try to be. But we all have the same call, which we heard at our, our meeting last December that is, will be a bit of a focus for us this year, that we're all called to be witnesses to Jesus in our lives, wherever we are and wherever God might call us beyond our own space. Whom shall I send is still a call for all of us. Who will go for us? And as we gather in the temple with Isaiah today, what's our response? Epiphany is a, is a season of revealing, of opening up, and it opens up God's call to us, but it also opens up our response in our own lives. Lord, can I do it? Can I go? Sometimes we'll find that we have fears about this. We have a reluctance. Perhaps we even have excuses and other things that get in the way of that call from God to be fishers of people. One way that I've always been encouraged in this space is in um, the scriptures in 1 Peter chapter 3, where we hear these words, but in your hearts revere or set Christ apart as Lord. Always, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Dear friends in Christ, what's the reason for your hope? Why is this Jesus and his relationship with you and his grace and love for you important to you? I'm wondering if you might even begin to think that through. And maybe today as you leave and as you greet me and others, or perhaps as you're gathering for morning tea as we discuss the weather, you might also like to start to articulate what you might say for the reason for your hope. If it comes to you at three o'clock in the morning when often think crazy things come to me, you might like to even let me know or let someone else know during the week. My text number is, uh, my uh, number is up on the screen there. You can text me. I'm in Adelaide this week, so perhaps don't ring during the College of Bishops meeting. Um, but if you do, I'll, I'll come back to you at some stage. But I'd really like us to think through what I might say about the hope that I have in my life. How would you simply share that in your life with another? Maybe we're not superheroes, nor even called to be evangelists or super disciples. But don't discount God's call for you and for us as a community. We certainly don't need masks. Or wonderful looking red capes however dashing we might look in them. But surely we all, all of us who are given grace and life in Christ, can confidently join Isaiah and Paul and Peter. And as we hear God say to us today, whom shall I send and who will go for us? 
that our response might be, here I am, Lord, send me. Don't be afraid. From now on, we will be fishers of people. Amen. And God's grace and peace continue to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. Amen.